so today I'm gonna go ahead and start by introducing you to who the fuck I am. For beginners, my name is IDDL, the fun. And I'm here today to talk about a couple hundred topics that's been going through going on and going around and going through uh lately. And a lot of these things need to be addressed by someone who's not controlled by mainstream media. I know there's a lot of people out there that's doing these uh, podcasts and talking about these issues that's not controlled by mainstream media. But there's a lot of folks who are swayed by mainstream media and there's a lot of folks who aren't straight swayed by mainstream media. That's why we have so many people out here doing podcasts. So today I'm going to do a nice little short podcast. And it's only going to be up to 15 minutes long. And go ahead and let everybody hear what I have to say about a couple hundred topics. But <clears throat> my morning recollection from this morning's recollection. I want to go ahead and I want to start off my first talking point on the matter of how we have a government that is no longer for the people. So you might wonder and ask, well, why, well, IDDL, why do you say we don't no longer have a government that's for the people? Well, we don't, we no longer have a government for the people because the people is allowing the government to be against them. And we've allowed our government to be against us for quite some time now. And this isn't a rallying call for the people to stand up to the government, but this is a rallying call for the people to wake up to the government. And the thing about it is, is we're not waking up. We're sitting back and we're realizing and just going through the world about our day. But uh, a lot of things that I realize in our daily life is that we in America have developed a mind state and a mindset that, hey, if it ain't happening to me, I'm not worried about it. And which, that's been the mind state of a lot of people. Until something happens and it hits home. And it hits home. And now we have to bring attention to it. One thing that's really hitting home is how... Our uh, is the things that's happening in these democratic states, i.e., California, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, where you have uh, governors threatening to who was at first uh, against uh, quarantining the people in mass now. 
getting to the point to where it's a complete complete dictatorship of these states to where they're threatening to arrest people and cost people their livelihood further beyond what the government has already done and i'm saying the government i'm not saying the democrats i'm not saying the republicans i'm saying the government because there's this little known thing called checks and balances and checks and balances is not being properly enforced when it comes to state level because in each state it's just like the federal level of the government each state has each form of each level of government each state has a senate each state has a, a, a house each state has the governor just like the United States has the Senate, the House, the President. And the checks and balances aren't coming into play because a lot of these states are, like I said, democratically run states, i.e. New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, what Democrats, Oregon, where Democrats are highly the majority of that state's government so democrats are the, the key problem in that state so in a sense i am putting the blame on democrats but in all our government is in a falter of itself because once again checks and balances are not being allowed to put in be put into play because of the way that gov that state government is set up <clears throat> just like Just as with the situation um, with the governor of Mississippi who refused to shut down at all. And that was once again... And once again, that state is being allowed to be governed the way it is due to the fact that that govern that state is primarily controlled by one political party. So once again, this state is at the government is at fault. Uh, the government of that state is at fault. The government of that state is at fault because, once again, the government <clears throat> is refusing to use checks and balances. Even though one political party may not be as strong as the other political party in that state, once again, that state still has the, that the parties, they're, they're still some faction of that government that can be overpowered by or overruled by the next faction of that government just because the part the democrats have the house that don't mean that 
the Senate just has to sit back and let the House do what it wants to do. So, moving on to uh, another matter. I don't want to linger too long. Moving on, so moving on to another matter. This morning I woke up and I heard a popular YouTuber. Um, I seen a popular YouTube video from a YouTuber by the name of Tommy Sotomayor, and he was addressing the matter of the guy who was shot and killed in Georgia. He opened my eyes to a revelation that I was overlooking. Uh, while speaking with others and my, while speaking amongst friends. Um, and the one thing I would say is that, yes, he is correct about one thing. But as I was pointing out to the friend, um, it's the same situation. Um, the fact that Arbery charged at a man with a loaded shotgun is what got him shot and killed. Not the fact that he lawfully entered a house under construction. Because there's no law that says that you cannot walk onto an open construction site. But I'm pretty sure pretty soon it's about to happen. But he was right. Aubrey did attack the gentleman, the younger McMichael, or charged the younger McMichael. But as I said to uh, my buddy, he charged McMichael, but that's what Jimmy Hoffa said. You charge somebody with a gun, you run away from somebody with a knife. Uh, to quote Jimmy Hoffa. And. Or better yet, to quote Al Pacino in the movie, The Irishman. You charge somebody with a gun, you run away from somebody with a knife. His exact words. And we don't know what Aubrey was thinking about at that moment, but... It's like I say, dead man tell no tells no tale. Was there anything else that McMichael could have done besides fired a weapon? Yes, he could have. He could have butt stroked him, but we don't know what that would have done as far as the weapon being. He could have defended himself with the weapon itself outside of firing a weapon, butt stroked him when he charged him and put him down. But then again, that can cause the weapon in itself to negligently discharge as well. But we all know that that don't necessarily make the fire on discharge. You still have to hit the trigger or the striking level, depending on the sensitivity of the weapon itself. Uh, the fact that Aubrey attacked the uh, charged the younger McMichael. It's like I told my buddy. Um, 
we don't know what was going through Aubrey's head. We don't know what Aubrey was thinking uh, when the two gentlemen pulled up on him. Um, but in the mind state of a victim, of a person who's a victim, in a person, in a mind state of a person who the white man did me everything. Mind state. I gotta go ahead and I gotta close this because my. I might expand my time a little longer. But in a mind state of a mind of the white man do me everything. The white man's the reason I can't get a job. The white man's the reason I got fired from my job. The white man's the reason we have guns in a black community. The white man's the reason we have drugs in a black community. The white man's the reason I went to jail for drugs. When you have somebody who has that mind state, and it was something that Tommy talked about this morning and he touched on to where as he said it. When you have somebody who lives in that mind, that victim mind state, nothing they do is wrong. Everything they do is right. Uh, one thing that he touched on was, was the fact that a black person, a white person can walk up to a black person and ask them a simple question, ask them, a simple question like with the situation with the old guy in Florida at the gas station. Where the old guy, yeah, he did look like he approached him, approached the vehicle with hostility. He had, he looked like he wasn't hospitable. He looked like he was hostile, uh, which hostile isn't a word, but he looked like he was hostile when he approached the vehicle and addressed the lady about moving her vehicle. But if he walked up to the vehicle and he politely asked, hey, if this is a handicapped parking spot, could you move your vehicle? And the lady, nine times out of 10, like Tommy pointed out, the lady probably, don't tell me what the fuck to do and blah, 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 like African-American females tend to do because African-Americans believe they're the exception to the rule. And it's something that I'm going to go ahead and stop right there and address real quick. To you European-Americans, since y'all want to call people African-Americans or black, I'm not going to call nobody black. I'm not calling nobody white. You'll never hear me use the term black or white without a quote towards any person or people. When discussing the topic. When European Americans. What European Americans need to understand. And I'm going to say this plain. What European Americans need to understand is this. It do not matter how much you walk up to an African American. And smile in their face. Or Pan-American. Or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves. However the fuck they want to identify. It does not matter how much you walk up to these individuals. Smiling their face. Show them you're nice and polite. Show them you're respectful. Try to be their friend. They agree with everything they say. Oh yeah, black people are being disparaged in our country and blah blah blah. Etc., etc., so on and so forth. The situation is always going to remain this. I can do the exact same thing with a European American that 
European Americans who exemplify the behavior of trying to make African Americans their friend. But there's always going to be that animosity. And something that I wish I could really catch Tommy live on and get in a get in a call with him and and talk to him about is the fact that one thing European Americans have to remember is that African Americans do what they do and turn a blind eye to what they do to each other. African Americans do what they do to European Americans and turn a blind eye to what they do to European Americans because African Americans have the tendency to hold on to the grudge of slavery, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, things of this nature is what African-Americans are tending to do. And they're holding on to grudges with these issues. Most African-Americans don't even realize that you're not really African-American. Most African-Americans don't understand that the DNA in America on the continent of America is so mixed up today that African Americans can't even much call themselves African. We're our own kind of people now. But they want to hold on to that African Africanism to the extreme that they can use slavery, the years and years of Jim Crow and rape, the years and years of uh, mass incarceration and things of that nature against European Americans. So European Americans, what I'm going to, what I'm trying to get at real quick is, is that European Americans, y'all have to understand right now what you're facing is, is you're no longer facing, you're not facing an African-American who's trying to fight for equality. They're trying to fight for dominance. They're trying to get to the point to where European-Americans used to be able to be. What during Jim Crow and slavery, when a white woman said a black man touched her, white people got up and did what? They went out. And they call created a luncheon party. This is what African Americans are doing. They're creating lynching parties. The only difference is, is they're losing the rope. And they're, they're losing the rope. And they don't have the audacity to actually go out and kick in nobody's door. Drag them out their house and kill them. But now that the Democrats have stopped creating lynching parties against African-Americans and started creating lynching parties for 
African Americans. This is what you have to understand, white people, European Americans. White people, European Americans. This is what you have to understand. The Democrats have stopped creating lynching parties to go out and lynch Africans and started creating lynching parties to come out and start lynching European Americans. So, that being said, so, with that being said, When you think African Americans are your friends, just remember this and understand something. A man who appears to be African American or an American of melanin can go out and hang out with their white friends, their European and American friends. An American of melanin can go out and hang out with their European-American friends. Get into a fight with another European-American guy. Or an or a African-American can go out and hang out amongst European-Americans. Get into a fight with a European-American. European Americans are going to allow that African American and that European American to fight one on one. A European American cannot go hang out in an African American crowd, get into a fight with an African American, and not be jumped and not be ganged up on. A European American go out into an African American crowd get into an altercation with an African-American is guaranteed that if he and that uh, African-American's altercation turns physical and that African-American have friends around, that that African-American is about to jump that European-American. They're jumping that European-American. So for all you European-Americans who want to Set up there and put your faith in the fact that African Americans are trying to be your bestest of buddies and goodest of friends. Just understand this, realize, recognize, and comprehend something. African Americans do not accept you as a friend to the extent to where if you cross a line, they won't whoop your ass. African Americans will not are not is not accepting your friendship the way that they'll accept an African American's friendship. But you're willing to go out and put your neck on the line and risk yourself to be out there on the line with African Americans fighting for equal rights for African-Americans when in actuality African-Americans want dominant rights. African-American want what 
European Americans was able to do during Jim Crow and slavery. They don't want peace. They want turmoil. They want chaos. That's why they're walking around screaming and hollering about no justice, no peace. So to you European Americans out there who think that your African American friends are your friends, I'm going to tell you like this. The European Americans that you consider your enemy is your best friend. Once again, my name is IDDL and IDDL Font. <laughs> Defunct. <laughs> this is a brief introduction into some of the things that I'm going to address on my pod- address on my podcast. I am an American of melanin, just to let it be known. No, I am not an African American, as I am one third Native American on my uh, maternally. Even though we go by paternal uh, DNA only, or they try to go by paternal DNA only, you're not just made up of your paternal DNA. But my maternal DNA is one-third Afri- Afri- uh, Native American. And a couple other hundred things in my DNA as well. So, like I said, I wasn't going to try to be long. But I ran over 15 minutes. I was trying to get everything in in 15 minutes. And I had to work on that. But this is IDDL signing off. Y'all have a good day. Stay blessed.